And just like that, it is 11.04. Pinpoint Health Show is here. And uh, Dr. Lou, ready to take charge and tell us what's what this week. How are you, pal? Good. You? Good, man. I'm all tell right. what's what. I'm still, hey, man, I say it every week, but I'm still I'm still really digging on the uh, the social media. Thank you. More people got to get on it. Yeah. Pinpoint Health or Dr. Lou on uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, check it out, especially the Pinpoint Health one, I would say, is yep. where we put a lot of the... The exercises and the health tips and the extent of services. Um, So just good information going out along with the radio show, of course. Um, Definitely. So I think it's a nice segue uh, with what we were talking about with Greg um, to segue into this, because I was actually thinking about this on the way in where the dangers of self-diagnosis, when people think that they can figure it all out themselves, or even if they just go to people who don't, there's a lot of people that may not rely on themselves, but then will go to someone else that is not a diagnostician. So an example of that is like, you know, you hurt your low back and you talk to your personal trainer. Now your personal trainer is a personal trainer. They're, Mm -hmm. they're very good at what they do, but they're not a diagnostician. That's very, very different. And the reason why a diagnostician is very, very important is because people that are diagnosticians, like physicians, chiropractors, optometrists, dentists, people who are diagnosing uh, in particular fields, the very important thing there is that you can take something that seems like the everyday symptom. So if we look at, and this is why I want it, and it sort of goes well with Movember um, and men's health, looking at something like prostate, prostate issues. Prostate can very much present as low back pain. There's a lot of people that just have low back pain Mm -hmm. and they think it's low back pain. So what do they do? They just, oh, I'm going to stretch myself. I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to do that myself. Not realizing, well, hang on a sec. This is not mechanical. This has nothing to do with your spine, the muscles. This has to do with something inside of you. And that needs to be identified. And diagnosticians, people who are differentially going to diagnose, which is the process of considering all possibilities for that cause of pain, are very well trained in picking up small nuances that you may not understand. Just something that you may say to me may trigger me to think, hang on a sec. That's more than just low back pain, what you just said there, or the way the pain is presenting, right? Like there's so many things around it, and that's the danger of self-diagnosis or being diagnosed by someone who's not a diagnostician. Okay, if they don't have a doctor title, they're likely not a diagnostician. And and that's the important component of why it's so important to see someone for these things that you think might be the everyday shoulder issue, the everyday low back pain issue. We've I've seen I can't even tell you the amount of things that I've seen. And again, it's rare. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, 50 percent of people with low back pain actually have a prostate issue. That is not the number. We've gone through this before. 95% of people with low back pain have mechanical low back pain. Mm -hmm. And then in the other 5% of cases, they often have other things. And sometimes out of that 5%, it's a prostate issue. But you're talking maybe less than 1%. But do you want to take that chance? Is that is that a chance you're willing to take to be to self-diagnose and miss something? I've seen people who have presented with low back pain and it ends up being a prostate issue. I've seen people who present with neck pain and it ends up being uh, swollen lymph nodes and, and a result of something like a leukemia or a lymphoma. I've seen people who present with shoulder pain, but it's really lung cancer, right? There's referral patterns, and these are the things that we understand as uh, pain and injury experts at Pinpoint Health where we can help you 
make sure that there's nothing more sinister. And then, you know, if there is, obviously you're going to be referred out. You're going to have the right testing done in order to make sure that these are not the things. And if it's not that, which, again, most of the time it's not, right? The vast majority of times these things are benign, but I don't think it's worth just taking the chance and just going on probability. What we spoke about, what Greg was saying about early detection, getting the right professionals to look at you, very, very, very important. And it's something that I've been recommending now for as long as I've been doing the show. I consistently talk about that message that having the right diagnosis equals the right treatment. I had um, a person that came in, was it this week or last week? Um, An elderly person uh, has been having low back pain, leg pain. And had seen somebody and was told they had a disc herniation. And so was recommended to do extension-based exercises. And I'm sitting there thinking, 71 or 72 years old, I can't remember exactly. Disc herniation causing these symptoms, very, very, very unlikely at that age. Much more common for it to be the opposite, which is degenerative changes having led to something like a stenosis. And we've talked about stenosis. We've even had stenosis experts on the show. Mm -hmm. The one thing that is pretty consistent with stenosis is extension-based exercises. Very, very bad for Mm -hmm. stenosis. So what was this person doing? She had been recommended to do extension-based exercises, has been getting worse over the years. Gee, I wonder why. And a simple thing is, I just stop doing that and offset it with flexion. That's it. Right. That's it. No specialized treatment, no nothing. Just a very simple modification. Right diagnosis gets you the right treatment plan. Don't self-diagnose. Don't be diagnosed by the the wrong people. And sometimes you think you're seeing the right person for the diagnosis. But if you're not getting better, get a second opinion. Don't wait. Don't don't just, oh, put faith in someone. I've even told my own patients, go get a second opinion. Sure. Because we don't know everything. We all make mistakes. We got to be realistic about this. The only thing that matters, the thing that matters at the end of the day, is that you get better and that you get the care that you deserve. I don't care if that's through me, through someone else. Just get the right care, get early detection, the right diagnosis, and the right treatment plan. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Well underway. Pinpoint House Show. You got some health concerns of your own or asking for a friend or a pal, family member? Bring them on. Dr. Lou is here uh, till just about noon Today, right here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Want to reach out anytime, info at pinpointhealth.ca or uh, 1-855-55-DR-LOU, D-R-L-O-U, Pinpoint Health Show. Yeah, you talked about, you know, early detection and maybe things aren't as they seem. Low back pain could be something else. But when when is that, when is that, that the watershed moment where you go beyond that? Ah, you know what? You can't go to the doctor every time you feel a little ache and pain because you hear people say that, right? Suck it up. When do you go from that to well, saying, you know what? Maybe I should get the sucker checked out. I mean... I think it depends, right? Could you know? I think the the question becomes: you can't go to the emergency every time for a little ache or pain. That could you definitely see a professional? Like we don't have to assume that the the reality is. And this is I was actually at at uh, meeting with uh, um, some advisors to the Minister of Health um, mm-hmm. to Christine Elliott uh, this week about scope of changes, uh, scope. Um, for different professions and things like that. But anyhow, this is one of the things is there's got to be a better way um, for people to understand who the right professionals are. So let's take this example of low back pain. Yeah, we can burden the system by having most of these people go to their family doctor in an emergency room. But for example, chiropractic, which there's how many chiropractors are there? They're, they're yes. everywhere. Um, 
they are very well equipped to see something like this, diagnose it, and triage it, and your extended healthcare coverage would take it. So we would remove a burden off the healthcare system just by simply going to see someone who's mainly covered by extended healthcare coverage. Now, of course, there's people that don't have extended healthcare coverage and may still need to go to their family doctor or whatever, but there's also a lot of people that do have extended healthcare coverage and could go see a professional that is better equipped to diagnose these types of problems than most most family doctors. Just not because family doctors don't know what they, they're doing. They do know. They're the gatekeepers of the overall health. But this is what a chiropractor specializes in. Yeah. And so if they're specializing in that, they're going to be more focused in on that. In fact, I'm, I'm giving a talk to a group of family doctors, a continuing education um, course this uh, coming Thursday, because when I was at their office speaking with them, they basically said, we need help understanding low back pain. Like besides the fact that we know someone comes in and we say, okay, you've got mechanical pain. We don't understand what we should be doing. We're getting MRI reports and x-ray reports and we're seeing degenerative disc disease and we're telling people that's the cause of their pain, but clearly that's not the cause. And it's not, we've gone through this countless times where these types of findings like degenerative disc disease does not matter most of the time. It's gray hair of the skeleton. It is bound to happen as we age. Now, if we're seeing a 16-year-old that has moderate degenerative disc disease in their spine, maybe we got an issue. But then we can look at that. Then we can triage that. But if you're looking at a 75-year-old, you know how many people I've had come into my office that are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s, and they come in because of spine-related complaints, and they say, oh, I got an x-ray, and I was told that I have degenerative disc disease. Lucky Uh, you. Uh, okay, yeah. uh, degenerative disc disease, what do you mean? Oh, they said it was mild to moderate. Like, geez, come on, 70, 80 years old, and you have mild to moderate. Do you have some gray hair yet? Do you have some wrinkles? Of course you do. Mm-hmm. It is a natural process of aging. And do you know how much countless money is spent on these types of tests to give these BS diagnoses that don't matter? I've always said these tests don't give a diagnosis. They give an impression. Wow. And it's up to the clinician to correlate it. And we're spending millions and millions and millions of dollars, potentially hundreds of millions on wasted tests, like MRIs for the low back. Do you know how many MRIs are are ordered for low back pain that are an absolute waste? There's a a statistic that out of 100 people that have spine surgeon sees, probably only two or three actually need to see him or her, and maybe only one of those actually needs the surgery. That means there's 97 people that are going there and shouldn't be going there, but they go there because when you go to a family doctor's office and you have this consistent low back pain, you're not figuring it out, what does the doctor do? Oh, let me send you to a spine surgeon. Most things don't, the vast majority, 98, 99% of case of, of low back issues do not require any type of surgery whatsoever. They probably don't even require you seeing a spine surgeon. So why is there such a backlog? Yeah. And all we're doing is the people that do need it, we're creating this massive backlog. And why? Because we we really have a system that's broken in terms of of understanding this type of stuff. And and it's broken because of the the political side of it, but it's also broken because people assume that we have this free healthcare system. It ain't free. It ain't free. No. Somebody's got to pay for it, and it's our tax dollars that are paying for it. So every time you misuse the system, you are causing a cost to the system that shouldn't be there. 
And so there needs to be better things done on both parts. Um, and I mean, I've said this before. I, I've, I would love to speak to the Minister of Health. I'd love to have the Premier on the show just to speak because I know their vision is aligned with these types of things. Um, and, and, and I know that there's a better way to do it. And, and I think it's important that we figure out how to do it. And I think hearing it from the grassroots is the way you figure it out. And the people who are entrenched and have a passion like I do for trying to figure out what's the best model. You want to talk about this or your health concerns, that is the focus. Bring it on, Tom. I see you there. Hang on the line, fellow. We will get to you and plenty of time for you as well. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Pinpoint Health Show continues. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. 1124 on this lovely Saturday. Plenty of time for you to call in with uh, your concerns. We'd love to hear from you. 416-870-6400 or uh, star 640 on cell. Uh, Tom, thanks for hanging on, fella. Good morning. Morning. What's up, brother? Well, um, I had a uh, spinal injury a long time ago when I was 17 years old, and uh, basically it's uh, wedge, uh, one wedge vertebrae that's sitting there that they can easily see. Um, after 25 years of uh, trying to go back and forth with doctors and pain medications, et cetera, they finally diagnosed me with a mobile disc. Okay. Um, it's basically like a slip disc, but it travels only under pressure. So when under you know going for an MRI or anything else, it's never seen because you're laying down. Right. Um, I, I just recently went to a neurologist and they hooked me up and started giving me the electroshock uh, treatment to figure out what's wrong. Yeah. And uh, and they finally saw that uh, they diagnosed me with this mobile disc. Um, the doctor really doesn't know what to do with me aside from giving me pain medication. I've been on pain medication for 25 years. I don't know what to do beyond this point. To tell you the truth, it's getting really annoying. So what a mobile disc, so how were they able to see that your disc moves around? Well, the, basically, the, I went to the neurologist after going to the MRI and the pain clinic and everything else, and uh, the neurologist hooked me up with, like, basically electrodes. Yeah, the, the nerve conduction and the EMG, but those are not good for diagnosing spine problems. Okay, yeah. uh, well, that's where they sent me, so that's all I know. It's been, like I said, it's been 25 years since this happened. I have chronic pain. Yeah, I've uh, been on been on opiates for uh, over a decade, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's uh, chronic. In, in just in the low back, or do you get leg pain as well? I get uh, shooting pains down my left leg as well. Okay, how far down your left leg? All the way down to my feet. And do you have like any neurological deficit, like constant numbness or or pins and needles or loss of muscle mass, anything like that? No. Okay, no. that's good. Yeah, I mean, and so have you ever rehabbed your back, like strengthened all the musculature and all that stuff? I try, but the pain is still there. Yeah, so tr- yeah, so this is the thing, though. Trying is not the same as you have to keep doing it. So when you look at these types of chronic low back pain issues, um, injections, opiates, all of these things, they just don't work for this stuff. Um, and there's a lot of research to support that. Really, the best research around chronic low back pain, um, such as you're describing, is rehabbing the musculature, getting the core strong. Now, that, that doesn't mean that your pain is going to go away tomorrow, that you've been living with it for, I think you mentioned, 25 years. So this is going to be a slow process. But really, the only thing that's going to help at this point is strengthening all of those intrinsic muscles that support the spine to create stability because that's all there is there. And it, and a lot of this chronic low back pain issue has to do with instability or mobility, like you're saying. And the only way to achieve stability is either you fuse it 
through surgery, which nobody's going to recommend that, um, especially if there's no neurological deficit, or you make it strong through your muscles. Um, and that should be the first approach. But that isn't something when people say, oh, I tried, then you never tried because it's sort of like, it's sort of like saying, oh, you know, I have diabetes. Uh, are you on insulin? Oh, I tried that for a little bit, but then I stopped. You can't, you can't stop it. That's the thing. There's a weak point that you have. You need to be shown the right exercises. You need to be doing them every you know, month, six weeks. You have to make those exercises harder, and you have to do them for the rest of your life. That's how you keep stability in your spine. And if you do that, and the people that do do that end up having very, very good outcomes with it. That doesn't mean, again, that you'll never experience any low back pain. This is management. And I think people that have dealt with chronic issues such as you have are very realistic. They're not looking for, I want this to be gone. They're looking for, I just want it to be able to manage it um, so that I can live, I can do the things that I have to do and not have this affect my life and stop me from doing other things. And that is definitely possible, but it will take a lot of work on your part. This isn't, that's the problem with the other um passive interventions the opiates the 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 injections it's too passive it's just relying on something else you need to be relying on yourself through that rehabilitation approach all right okay come see me and we can set, get you set up with the right people uh to get you down that road but again you've got to be and i tell everybody that i see with low back pain issues like this this is not you can't expect the professional or whoever you see to be the biggest difference maker the biggest difference maker in these scenarios is you you got to be willing to do this stuff it's long it's hard it takes time yes there will be pain but we talk a lot about on the show hurt versus harm you could do a lot of things right now that don't hurt you at all, like doing nothing, but it's very harmful, which is the reason why you have 25 years of low back pain. But you can do right. stuff to strengthen the muscles. It will hurt, but it won't harm you. And those are two di very, very different things, hurt versus harm. Awesome. Right. Okay? Thank you, Thanks, Tom. Yep. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for uh, thanks for your time as well. One eight five 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 five. Doctor Lou D R L O U is the uh, the number. Ton. Now that we're we're done for you as well. Lots of time to call in, just like that. At least get some answers. Get on the road. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Star six forty on your cell. Pinpoint House Show, Global News Radio. It is eleven thirty two. Pinpoint House Show. Uh, outside the the hour of the show. One eight five 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 five. Doctor Lou D R L O U. Pinpoint Health on social, and I advise you do uh, some searching on both Facebook and Instagram. In that regard, there's tons tons of good information. But if you want to uh, make the phone call over the next half hour, we'd love to hear from you. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. We were just talking during the break that. Um, and a lot of people are like that. They, you know, take a pill or medication or they try something for a while. And it's like, not everything like it is a course. You know, you don't just try eating for a while or try breathing for a while. It's, yeah. a, it's a commitment. Right? The, the thing is, especially, I mean, I, I get it if you have, you know, a bacterial infection, you need to take an sure. antibiotic because it's a root cause problem. Yep. And the medicine, there, there's, the problem is, is we're dealing, when we're dealing in the realm that we're dealing with, which is pain and injury, this is a physical issue, and it likely requires some type of physical intervention first. In fact, the best approach is a physical intervention first. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that all of these other things like opiates don't play a role. Of course they do. Like, And the example is like someone who has a severe disc herniation, bedridden. I mean, they're going to need something to bring that pain down. No physical intervention in the world is going to help in that instance. And that's where injections, the opiates might very well help. Um, 
in in the early acute stages like i mean now one of the things that's gaining a lot of popularity is the medical marijuana the medical oh, cannabis around everything's pain. cannabis now and and even that it's like but it's still you're just replacing one passive therapy for another passive therapy like uh, is it better potentially than opiates? Yeah, probably, because there's much less side effects. But are you actually getting to the root of the problem? I mean, if the root of the problem is weakness within the intrinsic muscles that stabilize the spine, which is what causes the vast majority of chronic low back pain, how does taking something external like medical marijuana, right. like an oil, how does it strengthen the muscle again? It doesn't. No. Can it help along the process as you're strengthening to deal with some of the pain? Sure. Yes, 100%. And I get it. There is a role for it. But I am big on you have to get to the root cause of the problem. And the root cause in most of these things are a physical, mechanical problem, which means it probably needs a physical or mechanical intervention, which is why there's a whole branch of physical medicine and rehabilitation, because that's what's done. We, the, the, we can intervene from a rehab perspective. Exercise and movement is medicine as well. Right. And people don't realize that people don't, this is, we're not just telling people like, oh, just, you know, go for a walk around the block. Like there are specific movement patterns, exercises, different things that you don't ever do that we can get you to start doing, start strengthening these things that are weak and, and have an impact. And the research is consistent on this. And I see this in, in evidence in terms of the patients that we see at Pinpoint Health across all the locations, people who are willing to do these things do much better. Again, this does not mean that there's no place for passive interventions like medications, uh, chiropractic, physiotherapy. Like, of course there is. Those things are very, very, very good in the acute scenario. So that acute means you wake up today and there's a problem. Yeah, go do those passive interventions. It's going to help. But if you're like the last caller and you've been dealing with this for more than three, four, five months, you need to be doing the rehabilitation. And even any good professional in the acute scenario, after they're done dealing with you with the passive intervention, they will give you the active stuff that you should be doing because that's the way you mitigate the risk of it happening again. That doesn't mean it won't or it can't. Of course it can. But you decrease the likelihood by starting to rehab that area. And that exercise component is so, so important. And it's just missing consistently throughout so many people's care. And and it's two parts. It's I mean, one part is this is difficult. It's something that someone has to do. Yep. It's not as easy as taking a pill. It's not as easy as going somewhere once every two weeks to get an injection because this is something you have to do every single day. You actually have to be active. You have to find the time. Sometimes it hurts, but it's not harmful, and that's an important thing. I mean, anybody that's ever done any type of weight training or any training whatsoever knows that if you work out your bicep today, Tomorrow, what's gonna, what's your bicep gonna feel like? Better be sore. It better be sore. Better and be. what happens three, four days later? Now you have a stronger bicep. Mm-hmm. But that's the whole process. It sometimes has to hurt. It's about identifying what are the harmful things. That's bad, and not everything that har- is harmful hurts. And the example is sometimes doing nothing. Right, people with low back pain. Oh, I'm just gonna lay in bed. Of course, that doesn't hurt. Do you know how harmful that is? It's so it's so incredibly harmful. It's probably the worst thing you could be doing for some type of chronic low-level back pain. And the amount of people that I hear doing the wrong things that just live, I don't exercise, I don't eat healthy, I don't do this, and it's like you're surprised you have low back pain. You're spending, you know, I've met people that spend like 18 hours in their bed a day. Damn. That's crazy. 
That is absolutely nuts. Like, I can't even believe that that exists. And I've met people that still believe that they're, oh, my neck is sore. I'm going to put a brace on. The only time you have to wear a brace for your neck is if you think there's a fracture in your neck that's going to kill you. There is no other time that you need a brace. Because when you're using that external device and you're preventing that movement, things will start to stiffen up. I can promise you, you will feel worse. That's why 30, 40 years ago, when you hurt your back, a doctor would recommend bed Bed rest. rest. That doesn't happen anymore. It's not about bed rest. It's about low-level activity. Yes, you might have to avoid certain activities, harmful activities, for sure, yeah. And that's what a professional will do. They'll be able to identify what are those things you should avoid and what are the things that you should be doing. We're really no different than any other animal when it comes to the body wants to move. It's not meant to be static. It is not meant. Even this whole idea around ergonomics, right? I mean, are there more ideal setups? For sure. But, I mean, you could have the most ideal setup in the world, and if you stay in that ideal setup for three hours, you're still going to be in pain. You want to know why? We're not meant to be static. We're meant to be dynamic. Now, that doesn't mean you have to get, you know, on your break at work, you have to go for a marathon. It just means about changing things up. And you should be changing things up if you're working, you know, sitting at a desk. You should be changing it up every 15 minutes. As simple as getting up and walking around your desk. Say hi to somebody. Go back and see You them. offset yeah. it. That doesn't mean I'm not trying to decrease productivity where it's like, oh, I don't have. Everybody has time to get up for 60 seconds every 15 minutes and walk around, do a quick stretch. I don't care how busy you are. Everybody has the time for that. And you should make the time for that because if you don't, and then you start to develop all these chronic issues, carpal tunnel, Coming neck pain. Don't be surprised. That's what's going to happen. You have to take breaks as well. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We're taking one right now and time for you to call in. If you have questions about this, your own personal health concerns, uh, bring it on right till 12 o'clock, Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. It is 1143. With that, we will get right into it. Peter, thanks for hanging on. Good morning. Thank you. What's going on, Peter? Thank you for taking my question. No you problem. Bet. I'm an 80-year-old 80, 80 uh, junior. <laughs> I had... Uh, I had L4, L5 surgery uh, oh, 15, 20 years ago. I was bedridden, and it was a miracle. It was microsurgery. Yeah. Terrific. Uh, Good. And about five years ago, I started with stenosis of the spine, had an MRI, went yeah. to the States, and somebody tried to talk me into going to the clinic in Sarasota, Florida. They want $30,000. Yeah, yeah, we can fix it, send the MRI. I was leery about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that can be done at my age. I mean, yes. So again, so there, there is stuff. I would say that your best intervention is to start with more conservative measures. So, I mean, you're an example with early on when you had that surgery where surgery is important, right? So there are times, of course, when spine surgery is important. The reality with any type of surgery like the one that you had is your spine will degenerate quicker and that degeneration will lead to stenosis. I think it's more about doing the right things. There's programs and people um, here in the GTA that that can help treat that from a much more physical standpoint with different exercises and things that can be done. And we can help you with that at Pinpoint Health for sure uh, before you consider something more invasive. That's always, I think, the right way to go about these types of things is exhaust the most conservative options first before you jump into something like surgery. Because, I mean... You know, you mentioned you're 80, so now all of a sudden surgery is different, right? Like the prognosis, all of those things, 
change and it's great that it helped you initially and and as you said it was life-saving because you were bedridden and so uh, thankfully you're not but i think there's probably a way that you can manage that uh from a more physical mechanical standpoint and i'd be happy to see you uh to get you started on that path terrific i just lost uh uh, 17 pounds and now i can walk Good. Good that, 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 see, and, and you're an example. So you're the perfect example of you're doing the right stuff for yourself. And that's the right way to deal with these types of things. So I'm confident if you're doing that, I can show you probably a bunch of other things you can do for the stenosis, and you'll probably do well with it. Okay, and where do, where do I go for this? Or where Just, do I get the information? Yeah, give a call to one 55 doctor Lou, D-R-L-O-U, option one, which is to book a consultation with me, and, and we'll get back to you. Yep. Thanks, Peter. Appreciate that again. One eight five 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 D R L O U to make that call and info at pinpointhealth.ca. Barb, good morning. Yes, good morning. How are good morning. you? Hi, um, I had a CAT scan and I have a. I was told I had a. I have a cyst on my right kidney. Okay. And I seen the ultrasound, the uh, CAT scan, and it looks like the size of a grape. So I was wondering, can that be infected or bleed or? Is there any do's or I, don'ts? I, I have no idea. I, number one, I'm not a urologist. I think you need to see, or a nephrologist, you need to see a specialist in that. Yeah, in that, uh, yeah so depending on whatever they say, I would ask them that yeah. specific question. That's not something I'd be prepared to comment on oh, with, no, with no. not having uh, any information. Yeah, I have, yeah. A, spe- I have a, a specialist, and we're going to keep an eye on it every yeah. four or five months. Yeah, which is but, typical. I think most of the times, depending on sizes, with different cysts that they notice on the kidneys, they will monitor it to look for changes. And I think that's uh, probably a good approach if that's what's been recommended. But just have those this, these types of yeah. conversations with that person because yeah. they're a specialist in this area, and that's a very highly specialized area of the body for sure. Yeah, we're going to keep an eye on it. And, yep. But I was wondering if it could, if it got large, or could it get infected, or anything. We don't. I, know I would. I would. No. Have you asked your your specialist that? Yeah. And what was their answer? Yeah, well, it could be worse. I could have two. I have a neighbor. She has two cysts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always. Yeah, for sure, things could always be worse. But again, I I would encourage you to continue working with that specialist. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. you. Appreciate it. Thank you, Barb. We'll move on. we got enough time here to get to, to get Mike on. Hey, Mike, thanks for hanging on. Good morning. Hey, no problem. Thank you guys for taking the call. Yeah, no brother, problem. what's up? I'm, I'm actually calling on behalf of my son, okay. who is, um, what is he, 36, 37 years old, generally really healthy. He does, yep. uh, uh, does a lot of technology stuff, so he's, he's kind of sitting down a lot. I don't know if this is part of the issue, but... Um, Three o'clock in the morning uh, last weekend, we ended up in the hospital with intense uh, stomach pains, really, okay. really sharp pains. And he mentioned to me that these have been kind of coming and going yeah. for the last year or so. Okay. And it's almost like a knife pain, but then it goes away again. But this kind of stayed and stayed and stayed. It just would not let up. We ended up in the emergency room, actually, at Carver General. The, um, uh, the doctor on staff did a uh, CT and basically said there's no cancer, no obstruction, there's nothing else. He said it could be something to do with your pelvic floor. I don't know what a pelvic so floor is. where is the pain, though? In the stomach, like up higher or down lower? Down low. It's okay, so not the stomach. in the testicle kind of area. Oh, okay, yeah. 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 So it's, it's, it's is he, is he very active? No. 
Okay. He used to be very active, five black belts in karate. Yeah. He hasn't done anything for a while. That is to say, his desk job kind of keeps him sitting behind the desk. Yeah. Uh, more often than not, he's not working out. So. Um, yeah. So I think. So yeah. So I would. That's not stomach. That would be pelvis pain. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, definitely ruling out anything more sinister is the most important thing, and that was done. And typically yeah. when those things are, are ruled out, something pelvic floor just means the musculature, the mechanical structures at the bottom of the pelvis. Um, okay. And those okay. things can cause very excruciating pain. It might be a referral pain from other areas, but there's a lot of, like your obliques can refer pain into your testicles. So a lot of males um, that that do heavy lifting or a lot of working out or maybe a lot of sitting even um, might sometimes get like intense testicular pain. And of course, uh, you'd want to make sure that there's nothing wrong with the testicle, but it could very well be a muscular issue. And so these types of things are very common. The fact that the more sinister things have, at the very least, been moved down on the list, it might yeah. be worthwhile to uh, treat those types of mechanical issues. Um, exactly. Yeah, and so so he, he would have to see somebody... Again, I, I'd be happy to see him to, 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 you know, there's ways to look at if that's, if the pelvic floor or the surrounding musculature is the cause of the pain, uh, and then get him on the right path for treatment for sure. Exactly. And they kind of ruled out uh, the hernias. So it's not yeah. kind of that type of pain. It's not. No, it doesn't uh, sound like a hernia. But yeah. Gone, they recommended a, uh, I think it's a physiotherapist that yep. specializes in the floor. And that, he's seen this young lady twice, each time is about an hour and a half appointment. Yep. And at the end of that, he said it, it has helped. Yeah. But he's also been referred to a urologist. Now, I don't know if a urologist can add anything, like if it's not kind of in the, I don't know, all the piping and tubing down there. No, well, they might they might be doing that from a prudent standpoint, right, just yeah. to make sure that they're ruling anything out for sure that way. I mean, if he's feeling better after the physiotherapy sessions, then that's a good sign. Yeah. Um the one question that I always like to ask somebody is not day to day, but from when this first started to today, if you're better the same or worse, and that can provide yeah. a lot of clues as to how things are going. So if overall he's doing better, then I think he's likely on the right track, and I don't think it's a bad idea to see the urologist anyways just to be, you know, extra certain. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I'm okay. And so thank you for your advice. I'm asking. I'm going to ask him when I see him later today to check into your website, sure. Pinpoint Health. Yeah, pinpointhealth.ca. If he has any questions at all, just yeah. to give you a call. Of course. Happy and to help. You guys can talk. Beautiful. Thank okay. you. Okay. No problem. Thanks, Mike. Uh, well done. Appreciate your time. And for your son to uh, reach out, one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U. And yeah, you got it right. Pinpointhealth.ca. We'll uh, continue on here. Still got a few minutes. You want to make a phone call? Bring it on. We can take it. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. 1154, still got a few minutes if you're uh, you're on top of it. Services, contact, haven't talked about it yet. We've talked about not oh, this mean, show, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, one 855 doctor Lou info at pinpointhealth.ca, visit pinpointhealth.ca, uh, check out a location uh, near you, uh, more to come very soon. All the services are on there. We spent a whole show talking about services, and even that wasn't enough, and it continues to get more and more. So I just encourage you, keep going back there. I mean, essentially, if it's for pain and injury management, we likely do it, put it that way. Like, you know, and it's worthwhile to speak to us. um, If you're considering certain procedures or services, we're happy to to try to earn uh, your business as well. Uh, But, you know, as long as you're getting good care, that's all that matters to me. Get to uh, to Mark. Hey, Mark. Good morning. Yes, good morning. Um, I just like to know um, 
What? There's so many conflicting um, answers for, uh, like, I'm trying to find some exercise for belly fat. Okay. And I'm finding it very uh, confusing. There's so many different, oh, do this, do this, do this. But I know diet's very important, but. Diet's huge. Diet's the most important problem. Abs are made in the kitchen, as they say. Yeah, like from like what what would be a good exercise for that? Like jogging or light jogging or uh, well, well for what for losing belly fat? Like it's, yeah. I mean, it's got to be all around. There's got to be a cardio component, a weight component, a weight lift, like a resistance training component. But I agree with John. Like a lot of these things, when you look at the evidence, it's diet. It's and when I say diet, I mean just the biggest thing, the only thing that's been consistently shown is caloric restriction. So it almost doesn't. Are there better ways to get calories? Yes, of course. And we can yeah. like talk about a million things there. But as a simple approach, if the amount of calories you take in are, are less than what you're using, you'll be in a caloric deficit. It will require your body to use fat as energy source to break it down, and you'll lose weight. Now, would it be better, like if I wanted to get on the right track with something like that, would yeah. it be better to go to a dietitian or an exercise uh, facility? Do both, nutritionists. Yeah. Yeah. But again, a lot of this stuff isn't rocket science, though. So I think before, I mean, it's it, like, I don't you know. You want something simple off the top? Cut, yeah, like there's so, the there, there's so much sugar. stuff yeah. around this stuff, and it, it's yeah. really like, and there's always fads. At the end of the day, what they're going to find one day, and this is my prediction, is that it's just about moderation with diet. Mm-hmm. There's better, I, I mean, getting, we all know, like, it doesn't matter. Like, KFC is not good for you. The, right. the, like, we know that, right? Does that mean chicken is not good for you? No, the right way is, it probably is good for you. Should should you be only eating one type of thing? Probably not. There's probably an advantage to having a little bit of everything and maybe reducing certain things. It also depends for some people, certain things work better than for other people. But I would say if you have a well-balanced diet, which has healthy options, you you decrease the amount of calories to be less than what you use. And that's a very simple formula to figure out based on height, weight, and those things. Um, you'll likely lose weight and start getting somewhat active, which means a little bit of cardio, a little bit of resistance training, and you'll likely start to notice a difference. Now, that's when you will then need to likely start to do more things because your body will adapt. And that's where you may be a more specialized diet and with a dietitian or a nutritionist. Maybe you'll need a personal trainer at that point. But I think in the beginning, just doing those simple things will get you on the right path. I see. Okay, thank yeah. you. Okay. Thanks, Mark. And the, and the one thing this goes, I guess, for any, any time of repairing your health is you have a goal. You want to go from A to B, but you're supposed to or try to enjoy all the steps on the way because that's going to keep you there. Right? Yeah. It's the journey, they say, is the best part. And it's true. Enjoy, yeah, and, enjoy and, and the like, And I think you know? it's easier to think of it. You want to go from like one to two, but there's like one A, one B, you know, before you get all the way to Enjoy two, those goals. Yeah, there's right? there's goals before you can achieve everything. And, and it's a process. This isn't something that you, you know, your goal is lose 40 pounds and it's, you know, you weigh X amount one day and the next day you're 40 pounds lighter. That's not the way it's going to happen. It, to do it properly, it probably would take two or three years of 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 and and diet and ex, it's it's really about lifestyle modification and changing mm-hmm. your life and and for some people they're good at sticking with a certain type of of um, meal plan uh, and there's a lot of different things out there and all of them you know claim to be more superior than the other mm-hmm. and then when you look at the research it's there's no evidence for it but you got you to play around with it and find yeah what works you got to find right? what works for you for yeah. sure a hundred percent. 
Done for a, uh, another week. Uh, you want to carry on? one 855 Dr. Lou, D-R-L-O-U, and info at pinpointhealth.ca as well. We'll catch you next week on the Pinpoint Health Show right here, Global News Radio.